You are now tuned into the Wake the Flock Up Network. <laughs> I like that. Oh, gee. <laughs> yeah. So let's 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 start. Let's get right into it. You are now listening to Wake the Flock Up, a very special an iHeart Radio special on America's Talk. This is a iHeart edition. This is our second one. And uh, the, what you're listening to now is DJ Kaboom, who's been on on the show before. Ask Eddie Fika and DJ Kaboom. So this is this is him. Beautiful production he does. He does a great job at a coastal mixer. So check him out, DJ Kaboom. Let's jump right into our guests. Not into it, but with it, right? Because Into would be a different type of show. Yeah, that's right. The music was kind of fitting, though. I was kind of digging the music a little bit too much. We got Danny G is here with us. What's up? And joining us also is a special guest co-host. What's up, man? What's up? We got Yon Baca. Pleasure to be here. That's right. It's my partner in I like that Dodgers hat. Yeah, man. You got to do it. It's L.A. You guys are covering all California right now, I think. At least the the bottom half of it. (laughs) The important half of it. Not to alienate anyone. See, now we don't work upstate no more. <laughs> That's right. 805 to the 714. That's right. That's right. So Danny G is here. And um, I was when I received her bio, it was very impressive, man, I got to say. Thank you, man. Very envious and very uh, something that I look forward to doing. Even just a, a minuscule part of that would be fascinating to me to do. You have a long history with radio. Yeah. With hip hop. Yeah, I was born into hip-hop radio. Let's get into it. I want to know how it started, where we're from, that kind of thing. Well, I I grew up, I actually, I grew up in the Inland Empire in Rialto, California. And my mom got kind of fed up with uh, the the smog and the crime. Our high school there in Rialto was the first one in the state of California to get metal detectors. Wow. And my mom was like, no, we need to go to Northern California. Her family's all up in San Jose in the San Francisco Bay Area. So halfway through my childhood, everybody in my family picked up, and they took us to the Bay. So I I truly am L.A. to the Bay. So I'm up there in the Bay Area all of a sudden, and one thing that was really cool was there was a high school radio station. At the time, I was in middle school, but my older brother had a show after uh, school each afternoon, and he was spinning vinyl. He's playing Eazy-E and, you know, all the – from East to West Coast hip-hop, all the early stuff – He's spinning it on this high school radio station. The very cool part of that was this high school radio station, they call them uh, parking lot sticks usually. Mm -hmm. And that's where just on the campus you can hear the station. This high school radio station, though, covered two cities. So if you had a show on that high school radio station, you were heard. Right, right. You know, so he's he's in there and he's playing hip hop. And every day after middle school, I would walk over to the high school and my mom would be like, you crazy? That's two miles but to me, it was really important to go over there and watch him, you know, put in work. So I would just watch through the glass every day, watch him get on the mic and play this hip hop. And I was like, that's what I want to do. Right. So by the time I got to high school, the, the guy, the, the instructor that ran that high school radio station, he knew me through my brother. He liked my brother. So he let me run the station. 
And I took it real serious, man. I had playlists, logs. I mean, I, I was I was on it, flyers, and all throughout school each day, people would hand me their uh, requests for their favorite hip hop songs and dedications and and all that. So I was like a little mini program director when I was a, a freshman in high school. You were super young. I gotta yeah. hear that you were twelve. Yeah, when I was in middle school, I was twelve, and that's when I was sliding on the man. guest mic on my older yeah. brother's show. The man, right at twelve, <laughs> already the man. Yeah, it was cool, man. I mean, you know, to have people wanting you to say something on a mic and and you know now as an adult people hear me talking they're like oh that's why you're on the radio because you know you got a radio voice i'm like man you kidding i got cassette tapes of myself on this high school radio station where i sound like the lost long lost member of the chipmunks my, vo- <laughs> my voice hadn't even changed yet you know yeah. what i mean and and it's important <laughs> to point out like um life will will have certain paths set out for you i believe yeah. you know and if that path is the path you're meant to walk Things will come easier. Not that they're not, you don't have to work hard to get there because you do, mm-hmm. but things will kind of line up, right? Yeah, They'll you're, you're right about that. I always tell people, you know, it's what I it's what I wanted to do ever since I could remember. And I guess uh, a good analogy would be like if you're a little kid and you dream of being an NBA player and you're practicing and practicing and then one summer you just shoot up, you know, a couple of feet and yeah. suddenly, you know, you you ready to, to really ball. And so when my voice started changing, it kept going down and down. I'm like, damn. And my voice was deeper than the teacher's voice. Yeah. And I was like, cool, man. Now I really can get on this mic and, and you know, uh, get this hip hop through the airwaves and make it be heard. And it was a time when hip hop music was just real exciting. You know, there was just something in the air and 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 we everybody could feel it whether they grew up with it or not or or they were a part of it or not they they knew that that was that was the the it thing at the time and so to be right in the middle of it the epicenter of it, it, it i just can't explain and it and to be the man that's delivering it to all these ears that are so yeah. what's this new thing that's happening and you're the, you're the man you're the one dishing it out and disposing <laughs> it and everyone's like taking it in at and taking it in at such a young age for you that must have really sent you in a, in a trajectory that you weren't expecting, right? Yeah, and always, and you got to kind of like always push and be somewhere you're not supposed to be, you know, because yeah. after that, my sophomore year of high school, I went to uh, our Cal State University that was there locally. Uh-huh. And and so I, then I got to do the hip-hop show on the college station. And then after that, my first commercial station. So I was just always pushing, pushing, and I was somewhere where I wasn't supposed to be. They're like, man, you need a you need a work permit to be here. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm for, like, all right. For someone like me, all this is fascinating. I cannot <laughs> wait to get into it a little bit more with Danny G when we come yeah, back. Yeah. Young Bach is here. We got DJ Kaboom taking a sound. There's Wake the Flock Up iHeartRadio special on America's Talk. And we are back. You listen to a very special Wake the Flock Up, an iHeartRadio special on America's Talk. And I'm sitting here with Danny G. And I'm sitting here with Yum Baka. Yo, yo, yo. Danny G. 
we got to get into some experience. I want to hear a little bit more of what you got going on. So we stopped last segment. You were 14, yeah. but 15, 16, 21. Man. These are major milestones for you, and I want to know what, it, how it happened. And it why. was crazy. My friends, you know, they're all out house parties, and they're having fun. Yeah. And my stupid ass is inside a radio station doing a graveyard shift. <laughs> yeah. You know, and walking, carrying crates of vinyl records in. Um, you know, all my hip-hop CDs, and I would just, I, I threw not one, but two paper routes, and the reason why is because I needed that money to go to the record store and buy mm-hmm. all my records, and then to walk to this college radio station, I'm carrying all these crates, walking a mile and a half to this college radio station, and it, but it was so worth it, man. Friday night, I'm on the air, and you know, and I wasn't supposed to be there, I was too young, but I'm spinning the vinyl, we're playing hip-hop, we're taking calls, you know, it it, it was so cool, and and from that, I got a, a job to do weekends at a commercial radio station, uh, K-Mix, up in the in the Yay area. And so I did that, and now I'm on the air, you know, getting paid to be on the air. And I was 16 at the time, so I'm getting a, a, a little paycheck to now be on the radio and, right, and right. play music for the people. And um, it, it was very cool. So I'm, I was just grinding, 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 picking up every shift I could at the radio station. And the next thing you knew, I, I get a job offer. In Southern California, and the guy that called to ask me if I was interested, he, he told me, he was like, yo, you know, it's in this city. I'm not sure if you've ever heard of it, but it's Ventura, California. Mm-hmm. And I paused, and I said, you know, I, I told him, you know what's crazy? I said, I was actually born in Ventura, California. Yeah. Nice. And he, he was like, are you serious? And I said, yep. I said, you're going to need my Social Security card and copy of my birth certificate anyways. <laughs> yeah. So so you're going to see on my birth certificate, I was born in Ventura, California. So he told me, wow, maybe this was meant to be. So I get down there, you know, and I'm I'm running this radio station. I was 20 years old when I get there. At 21, the company bought this radio station, which was a big 50,000-watt station, but they were so whack at the time. They were called Q105, and I'm not – and I – not their slogan on the air was good music that's it it, it was so that's, bad that's as clever as it, it got it was so bad yeah. and, the, and the other one i heard the guy said more jams than smuckers oh no and i was like what year is this where am i <laughs> yeah you know but my company had bought this station and i walked into the general manager's office and i told him you let me run this station i guarantee you i'll blow it up i will sleep i will sleep here if i have to to make this thing right. happen you know because right. They were really bad in the ratings at the time, like in seventh place. And so I, I, you know, he gives me the job. And out of nowhere in the in the record industry, in the radio industry, they're like, who the hell is this guy? Because yeah. all these qualified program directors across the country were lined up trying to get this job. He gives it to me. And, and you know what? I did sleep there. And I had to record in a new library into this radio station. So every night, every day... I'm putting in every dope hip-hop song you could think of. So my my philosophy was, man, I'm going to play street hits. I'm going to play B-sides. I'm going to play all the stuff that Power 106 wasn't playing, that 92.3 wasn't playing, and because that was the competition, you know? So, uh, you, like, there was no sleeping, no no sleep till number one, because I'm driving this new station vehicle for the old Q105. I pull up to a stoplight, and these honeys come up next to me, and they're waving and stuff. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I've arrived. I've made it. Roll, roll my window down, and they look at me, and they're like, F- you, it's all about Power 106. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, damn, yeah. I got a lot of work to do, because in my backyard, the L.A. station is number one. Right. I got to flip this. Yeah, and you were super young again. You were 21. 
Yeah. Right. And you're putting out all this effort, all this time, all this energy. How, is that translating in, into any other aspects of your life? Sure. Or were you just yeah, solely, have solely focused on, <laughs> on that? Because at 21, man, yeah. at 15, when you're doing these things at 15, when you're 12, you're not thinking about, oh, I got to get to work. I got to just like, yeah. you know, what, give me, get on the Atari or get on whatever it is you're doing at the time. Well, actually, I was thinking, damn, I got to throw these papers <laughs> on time so I could buy my music, yeah. you know? And so it was just an extension of that because, you know, I guess the best way I could say it is a friend of mine. Uh, he's a friend to this day in radio, and he's on a hip-hop station up in the Bay Area right now. And he told me, dude, when I met you, you were the most serious 18-year-old I ever met in my yeah, life. Yeah. You know, like, I'm way more fun right now, and I party sometimes right now. But back then, as a kid, I never did. It was all, I was just laser-like focus on the music, on the station, on the new staff. Yo, I can't, I remember, I'll never forget, they had this Sunday night show on the old Q105 and it, and it was these really two horrible-sounding hosts, and they, they said that they were, uh, what, what do you call it, with uh, mind-reading and uh, uh, tarot, tarot cards yeah, and all that? Yeah. yeah, people called up to get their palm read over the radio. What? Yo, I walked straight. <laughs> on a hip-hop station? I walked into my first week on the job. I walk into the studio, yeah. and I tell them, yo, this show is over. Yeah. I'm just going to put music on right now. You guys can unplug your headphones and go. And the guy looked at me all crazy. He's like, for reals? And I'm like, yo, you didn't see this coming? You know what I mean? Like, you a psychic. You didn't see this coming. <laughs> yeah. This this is about to change right now. So I blew out the old staff. I hired real hip-hop DJs and turntablists. I, I, I hooked up my own Technique 1200s into the studio, and I had dudes come in and just do marathon live turntable Well, let, let me ask you this. At, at that age, where were you developing your flavor for hip-hop? Like, where did you... Where did you develop the flavor to know enough to, oh, the B-sides is where it's at? Yeah. What just, experience did you have with hip-hop before that? You or know, during that? You know, just growing up, listening to, to hip-hop on college radio stations and the underground stuff. Like, a station up in the Bay when I was a little kid that was big was called K-Poo. And, and they would play unedited hip-hop during the overnight hours, mm -hmm. live on the turntables. Mm. So all of us were just tuned into this, recording it, playing it back, you know what I mean? And... And so hip hop, the hip hop movement at the time, it, we we didn't want the commercial crap that was on all the other radio stations. We wanted like some really, really good hip hop, but nobody was doing it. So I always told my brother and family and friends, I was like, man, when I get a program director job, watch what hip hop I play. Right. You know what I mean? W watch the music I'm going to play. Watch the DJs I'm going to hire. So that was kind of like what I was feeling. And when, so when I got in that job... First thing I did, I was like, man, let me get the real turntable dudes to these jobs. Let me get the, the guys who really deserve these jobs in here and get them paid and, and let them do what they love. You so hip-hop spoke to you at a very young age. Oh, for sure. Right? And, yeah. and it was a... And luckily, it was the the, the right kind of hip-hop that you were first exposed to, right? Yeah. Because the debate that I have yeah. with my friends now is like, you know, we were exposed to your Rakims, your, uh -huh. you know, your, your tribes, all this other stuff. Kids are exposed to... Completely like garbage. The, the first record they hear is not going to be a, a Rakim record. Yeah, unfortunately. It, now it's going to be something, and then that'll, that's what's going to lead their hip-hop trajectory and yeah. then develop from that this and that. Oh, you know, when we were listening to K-Poo as kids, I'm hearing, uh, let us begin. What, where, why, or when? Well, I'll be explained like instructions to a game. Yeah. See, I'm not insane. In fact, I'm kind of rational. And being my older brother, we just, not only would we record it, we would play it back 
write down the lyrics and then recite it back like it was fine poetry. You would just, Big Daddy Kane would just lend himself <laughs> to do that. And then you get like a cool G rap where it's just like outrageous. And you're like, oh, what did he say? Yeah. Rewind it. I got to hear it. And we had tapes. So it was like <laughs> you skip too far and you try to go yeah. forward now and all this oh, stuff. Oh, and the struggle was real. Oh, man. Because, they don't know. <laughs> because we were doing, uh, and Baca knows about this, we were doing cassette tape mixes. You know, we would have one cassette tape on this side, one cassette tape on this side. And, and when we didn't have turntables, we were doing mixes, but with, with cassette tapes yeah. back and forth. And, and, the, <laughs> and if you were lucky, your parents had uh, a record player. Yeah. That had a tape deck oh, that's, yeah. and a radio. Oh, and now you were yeah. the man. Oh, yeah. You, you yeah. were the man. And then you would try to scratch with that. That was not meant for scratching. No. Nope. You know what I mean? And you play some old, yeah, yeah, some classic stuff. So you're developing, um, I'm guessing, as you go also. You're developing yeah. new styles and you're listening to new artists and all that stuff. Was there an artist that comes to mind that you were are extremely proud to have displayed more than any other one? Yeah, well, I would say early on, um, you know, on on KCAQ, and I and I changed the call. I changed the the station handle is what they call. It. I changed it to be Q one zero four seven because that's exactly what it was on the digital dial, you know. Mm-hmm. And so now it's Q one zero four seven, and then I changed the slogan to be All the Flavor because I wanted to play hip hop, old school R and B at the time. Freestyle house music was still popular at the time, where people wanted to hear a little bit of it on the radio. So. I was trying to put a mix of all the best songs on each hour, but my base was hip-hop. Right. And so here as a little kid, I'm growing up with Eric B. and Rakim and Boogie Down Productions, but this stuff was not on big commercial 50,000-watt radio stations. This stuff was on K-Day AM, you know, and stations like that. So now when I'm on this big FM station, I'm like... Oh, let me mess with people. I'm gonna play yeah. microphone fiend. You right have now. to in the middle yeah. of the day. You know, <laughs> there had to be some resistance though when you played. Oh, that oh, stuff, there, right? there yeah. was. I remember the first record that I, they call it powering a record. You play it sixty, seventy times a week, right? Now, when I got there, the the song the song that they were powering at the time was like some bull spice girl song or something. Yeah. So me, my first power record was Bow Down from West Side Connection. Nice. Classic. And I remember um, the general sales manager was up in arms. Every time it played, he made like a check mark. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you know, recording the station and I'm, this is not going to happen under my watch and and I'm just thinking, you know what? F- you when the ratings come out, you bet you bet you're going to be on my team. And sure enough, the Arbitron ratings, which are a big deal in radio, um the first Arbitron ratings came out with with my for, my playlist on the air. That was number 1. And it had not just number 1, but number one with double-digit ratings. So yeah. suddenly, from seventh place to first place in a competitive Southern California radio market, and not just with, not just by a little bit, by a lot. Yeah. And and this happened just over a six-month period. Because you, know? you were giving people what they wanted, and you you didn't tell them what they wanted. Right. Right. Instead of everyone else is telling you, oh, you want this to be number one. <laughs> and people are like, yeah. eh, it's number one because it gets played so much. You were giving yep. people what they really wanted to hear. And that the outlet weren't, wasn't there yet. Right. Well, and the you, old saying is feed people dog long enough and they start to like the taste of dog. <laughs> you know, so and that's the thing with yeah. with bad commercial pop music is that 
you, people that just hear that all day, they don't know. They don't know anything else. Right. You know, so, of course, it's just going to be like, uh, well, that you know, I, I know that. And they're comfortable. People get comfortable with what they hear a lot. So my thing was they ain't going to hear none of that here. So I, I put on the best new hip hop. Then I was playing all the classics, you know, and, and, and then I, I would let my DJs get on the air and explain these artists and, exp- and and teach the kids about the old school music that they were hearing. And then all of a sudden, you know, the kids are calling in requesting some, you know, some OG Dougie Fresh. And, and this is like a 10-year-old, you know. How do you know Dougie Fresh? Oh, well, because Q1047, you know. Speaking of that, do you remember the moment when you realized that it was working? Like, do you have a moment where you said, oh, this is this is happening. This is, yeah. this is the way yeah, it's supposed I do. to be. When, when those first ratings came out, that same cracker-ass cracker who was writing <laughs> down, bow down every yeah. time it played, yeah. came over and he was popping a bottle of Dom. Yeah. Yeah. And they were throwing a staff party. And suddenly now everybody wanted to be involved in the station, even the people that hated it right. prior to these ratings coming out. So right then I was like, damn, I, I knew in my heart that that music was what that area wanted. But the ratings then proved it. And so, it, man, there, there was, there's no feeling better than when you have that sort of, you know, uh, success with. And, the, again, life was kind of setting these things up for you to do what you will with them. Because you could have easily not taken it that serious at 12 and then it wouldn't have developed at 21. Right. Sure. So these things are happening in, at a radio station that's not doing that good. You come in and you're <laughs> like, I want this. And they're doing so bad. They're like, yeah, let the, let the 21 year old kid run it. And you did successfully. Yeah, and you, well, you can't be scared, too. That's right. the thing. Like, so many people, and it, this goes into nowadays, too. So many people are just so scared to keep the job that they have that they're not willing to, like, really step out there and put their balls on the line. And me, even when they, they're like, oh, you're going to get fired. You're going to get fired. Did you hear? The bosses aren't happy with the music you're playing. My attitude was like, you know what? Let them fire me. When the ratings come out, let's see if they fire me. Not, not only do you have to dress for the job that you want. We've all heard that. <laughs> you also have to act like yeah. you want it. You have to do things to not stop you from getting that job, from developing the skills to earn that job. You yeah. really need to do that at the end of the day. And if right? it's your shit, make it be your shit. You know, go down in flames with it being your shit. Yeah. You, when you do stuff other people want you to do, that's when you're going to get fired and you're going to have regrets because you're going to be like, damn it, I should have just did it my way anyway. And the responsibility and the credibility that would be behind your name, even if you felt horribly, is like Danny tries. <laughs> yeah. Danny is the man. He'll fight for it. He'll do this. And that's really that's really what it's about. And we'll come back to Danny G and we got some segments we got to talk about, Danny. Yeah. So wake the fly up an iHeartRadio special on America's Talk. DJ Kaboom will be right back. Welcome back to Wake the Flock Up, an iHeartRadio special on America's Talk. You're listening to DJ Kaboom, bringing, in, bringing us in and out of our breaks. We got Kaboom. You know, Kaboom. Oh, it's funky, man. A- A.K.A. Eddie Fika. Yeah, it's you know? yeah, I like it a lot. So we got uh, my man, we got Young Baka here with us, and we got our guest, Danny G. Danny, let's get yeah. into it. I want to ask you something. All right. And I ask this of all my guests, okay. so I'm not trying to put you on the spot. Get TMZ, be like, oh, did you hear what Danny G's? <laughs> uh, I need your top five musical influences of all time. Damn. 
Yo, there's hundreds. So it is. It's definitely hard. Um, well, I'm gonna say right off, right off the bat, Rakim really spoke to me as a little kid. Of course, of course. You know, so Eric B and Rakim uh, were definitely uh, a cassette tape where I just wore it out. Uh, on the West Coast tip, I would say the DOC. Mm. Um, man, I burned that. I mean. At the time, we had to have batteries inside our electronics. Oh, big old D's. <laughs> big old D's. Those, those batteries wore down with the DLC playing over Dre's beat. And, and DLC is beat. responsible for so many hits. More hits than yeah. people will ever know. You he know? doesn't get the credit that he really deserves. He does. He no. does. Because people don't want to admit, oh, I got somebody that wrote, wrote me this stuff. Gonna, so the, there's a lot of that happening yeah. you know, with the DLC especially involved. And then I would say definitely run DMC. Run. That was something that brought me and my older brother and family members together in uh, a concert that I saw early on as a kid. And, um, you know, we wanted the rope chains and we wanted the Adidas mm. and, you know, we, we wanted to, you know, stomp on a stage <laughs> like them. And, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, run DMC played a big part in my childhood. You still rock the Kango. Yeah, I do. Look at that. Look yeah, at man. That was good. Yeah, and, you know. Uh, once I get paid off your show, I'm going to get a big rope, too. Yeah, good luck with that. Absolutely. We're all trying to get paid off the show still. Uh, Boogie Down Productions yeah, Boogie was, Down. was a big deal, you know, especially when my family moved up to the Bay Area. I'll never forget, there was a time period where my cousin, it was all, he had, you know, KRS-One posters on his bedroom wall, and we get in his, uh, he was older than us, we get in his car, and he's, and he's playing, you know, Boogie Down Production, uh, you know, early on, and and it was just this feel, the time period and everything. Like, Harris one kind of encapsulated that little time period. And so, uh, def, def, definite influence right there. To, to this day, when I hear Boogie Down Productions records, it takes me back to that I need time. one more. One, need more. one more. So I'll go a little more modern. And this is an artist that I actually got to produce a couple of concerts for and work with him. And I was the first program director in the country to, quote, unquote, power his, his first single. And that was Eminem, mm. you know, and yeah. and at the time in Southern California here, Power 106, they played him a little bit in the mix. He was a white artist, though, so they didn't know what they didn't really know what to think, you know, in right, right. 92.3. They wouldn't even play him at all. I remember when I met him, he was bitching about that. And here's me, the stupid little kid in Ventura, Santa Barbara, Oxnard, California. And I'm like, yo, Em, I got you. I was playing his song 60 times a week, you know. So he came and he did a meet and greet at my radio station there. And it shut down the streets around the 101 freeway there. Yeah. Like, so many people wanted to meet him and touch him. And so he was already a big deal. Was this during the, like, the Sway and Wake Up Show days? For sure. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so he had a following back then. He did. I mean, yeah. people knew him from his underground records. That's that's how I knew him, with the ruckus and yeah, the battles and, right. and all that stuff. And yeah. then Sway picked him up, and he was just nonstop on Sway. Blah, yeah. blah, blah, on the wake-up show, like daily, daily, daily. So at the time of the format that I was running, they called it crossover uh -huh. music because it was like the hip-hop hip -hop and R&B records that quote-unquote crossovered, you know, to, to the masses. And so people weren't sure what to think about him. You know, he was a different cat. And even though Dre produced it, my name is was not his best record, obviously, mm -hmm. but because he was different, because I wanted to support what he was doing and I knew his underground work, I, I was early on it. And so that to this day, that's one of the best 
uh, platinum. Damn, it's one of those diamond records, yeah, actually, yeah, that he... Yeah. It's the only diamond record in my collection yeah. that, that I was presented. So dude just went, blew up international, you know? And, Absolutely. And so to watch him, you know, start like that and tell me his insecurities and who was dogging him and what stations wouldn't play him, and then to see what he became, just amazing, you know, to be down with an artist that early on and watch their whole That career. is a beautiful top five. That is... Yeah. It shows spectrums and... and defin- I like that. That's good. But you're... I don't care. I don't. I don't. Really, I don't really care about your top five because because your bottom five. Bottom five. Uh, what really is going to show me what standard you hold your music to? There you go. <laughs> I need your bottom Man. five. Your dirt. Dirt five. You know, right off the bat. See, I'm I'm Sicilian. All right. And so, if your music is whack, we'll whack you. <laughs> um, I like that. Um, but you know. I wish that were true. God, I wish that were true. Well, if that was true, you'd be, you'd be pretty busy, right? Yeah. <laughs> and of course, you know, um, and speaking of Eminem, you know, we saw this in the 8 Mile movie. Like, whenever anyone wanted to, like, try to diss him right off the bat, they would say Vanilla Ice, da-da-da-da. But for real, right when Vanilla Ice came out, I just was skeptical about it. The way his voice was kind of high-pitched and then the whole Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movie thing and go all that. Turtle, go to go, Yeah, go, and I was like... That was my mm, jam, bro. Nah. No? And, and doing hip-hop and doing hip-hop <laughs> yeah. and not being African-American, yeah. you, you had to hear some of that mess, you know? Yeah. Um, until, like, third base came out and uh-huh. we were like, oh, cool, some lyricists, yeah. you know? And so, yeah, so I'd have to put Vanilla Ice in the bottom okay. five. Vanilla right. Ice seems to be in everybody's bottom five, well, right? Well, I happens mean, a lot. plus it's an easy go. Yeah, it's, it's, easy. An easy, it's easy to go Vanilla Ice. <laughs> it's a name I need a little yeah. deeper. I need a little deeper. Right, Come on, so we got deeper. Vanilla Ice. Damn, let's see. All right, let me, let me go some, uh, some different music on you, though. Um, I remember, I remember my, uh, my cousin, a different one than the one I mentioned prior, trying to tell us that Wilson Phillips was mm. the ish. And playing this Wilson Phillips CD, and I was like, "What is this garbage?" And and I had to hear it over and over and over, and um, so that's that's got to be in there, okay, uh, for right. for old time shakes. Sure. <laughs> um, let's see, man, what, music that I just don't like. Um, dang, that's hard. yeah, it is a hard question, it man. It is because, tough because you don't think about the no, rappers that you don't like, right, 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 and you stay away from because stuff. Because usually don't like. it'll work. It'll be like you hear and you're like, "Oh, I don't like this." You already know. Yeah. You don't do any further research into it. But, okay, how about people that we would be shocked to know that you don't like? Hmm. That that maybe a lot of other people yeah, do. Yeah, pe- people just accept as being good or dope. All right. Like, you know, when uh, when Missy Elliott first came out. Oh, yes. I, Thank I, you. I didn't get yeah. it. I was like, no. Nah. <laughs> No. Yeah, I'm not. Wait, I don't. I don't understand <laughs> the sound effects and the fascination oh. with Missy. I never got. Oh, it. and then we had to. We booked her for this club concert, yeah. right? And you, she messed up the limo that we had to rent. When we come I'm back bad. on the other side, I'll tell you what she left in <laughs> I the got limo. It. Oh, I got. I can't. Oh, you, it's no. nasty. <laughs> Wake the flock up at iHeartRadio <laughs> Special on America's Talk. DJ Kaboom, taking us out. We'll be right back. DJ Kaboom. Woo! I like that. Hootie hoo! You're back. We're listening to Wake the Flock Up and yeah. iHeartRadio special on America's up, Talk. I got Danny G. I got Young Baca. And I got DJ Kaboom. 
My ears funk. Yeah. I like that. Man. Okay, I gotta hear this. What did Missy <laughs> Elliott leave Man. that ruined the limo? I gotta. So, hear so in Ventura, California, we had to change limo companies like three different times. Okay. All right, because when you're uh, rolling hip hop and R and B artists around. The limos get jacked up. They really do. Some of these artists just never get out of their ghetto phase. Some of them, some of the artists, don't get me wrong, classy, cool. Some of them, ghetto as can be, um, you know, and, and you know, damn, I hate even saying it. But so, so after, you know, so we would have these artists come into town. We put them up at uh, the nicest hotel in our city. Our limo service would go pick them up and bring them to our show. So, the, so our limo driver goes and he picks Missy up. He brings her to the club. She rocks the show. And, you know, the, and I'll give her props. Her show was dope. Um, so then, you know, he takes her back to her, her hotel. And when the concert was over, everybody thinks, you know, what we do is so glamorous. But we also had to clean up after yeah, the event, right? Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Okay, so, and we also, me and my staff, we had to clean up the limo before they sent it back to the, to the limo company uh, and parked it on the yard. So we're in the car. We're cleaning it up. Yeah. She was the only female in the car, right? It was her, her, oh. her bodyguard, I told you, I'm her manager. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we're cleaning out where the, you know, where the cups go. <laughs> Yo, a yeah. used tampon, <laughs> not rolled up in in a towel or paper towel. Or yeah. No, just chilling in all of its glory in the cup holder. Disgusting. Okay. Um. It's not underneath the seat. It's no. not in between. She, she said, all right, I'm done. Yeah. Uh, cup holder. And, and Danny G, you're going to clean this up out of the cup holder. <laughs> hey, maybe that's something Missy just does. <laughs> like right? that was like, like her. It's, it's like a, a trademark. It's a oh, it's a power move? Yeah. The, the ultimate. Hey, I'm going to do that. I'm going to use. Blood. I'm going to carry around <laughs> used tampons, and then oh, I'm going to leave it be like, oh, Constable's here, right? Oh, yeah, okay. That's Your calling card. My yeah. calling like card. Like Home Alone. Like they would leave the water running. Dude, beautiful. The wet bandits. Danny G. Uh, we got a last segment we got to play. All right. Okay. And uh, we're going to try to get all 12 rounds in. We have oh, to. Oh, your trademark. It's the signature of the show. Some I like to call 12 rounds. So the way it works is I'm going to ask you 12 questions, each more difficult than the last. If you answer all 12 questions honestly, you're the champion. You walk away with the belt. Nice. If you cannot answer the question or you will not answer the question, you will be knocked out. Okay. I'm the champion and I get that hat. All right, cool. Uh, Are you willing to play 12 rounds? Yeah, let's do it. Beautiful thing. Do we have a bell at all, Funk? Let's see. Uh, we got... Yeah, I can do this one. Nah, no, I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. We need a boxer bell. No, 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 I don't like it. What are you doing? What are we... No, I'm just playing music. Oh, just playing music? Yeah, no, 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 no. music here. All right, yeah. all right that works. Uh, round number one. What is your favorite part about your craft? My favorite part? Connecting with the listeners, getting a reaction out of the listeners. I like that. Round number two. Right. What is your least favorite part about your craft? The the bull behind the scenes, yeah. politics, yeah, salespeople. God bless their souls. We need them because we got to pay the bills. But a lot of them don't appreciate the art aspect of of what we do. Understood. Round number three. If you could collaborate with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be? DJ Premier. Mm. Yes. Man. To this day, I hear one of his beats. I know it's his beat. Have you met Premier? I have one time. Okay. Guru R.I.P. Yeah. Came to my hip hop show I used to do called uh, the 9 to 11 Hip Hop Heaven Show. Yeah. And I played underground hip hop for two straight hours, commercial free. I had the sales department agree that there would be no commercials in that block of time. 
And I would have artists come in and freestyle and interview. And Guru came to the station and Premier was rolling with him. Beautiful thing. And he didn't say much and he didn't get on the mic, but he was there. Well, let me tell you this. We have, if everything goes correct and according to plan and as it should, we're going to have DJ Premier. That's why I heard that on, on your wake show. The flock up. Right. So, you know, Danny G, you're more than welcome to come by. Uh, I would Say love that. Yeah. Round number four. He's still standing. He's still up. Oh, yeah, you're still up. <laughs> you're still up. But I got these. I got oh, these. Man. I got reach. I got stamina. <laughs> Round number four. Uh, what are you most proud of? Most proud of? Probably all the community work that we did in the 805 area code. Okay. It's one of the very cool things about running a big radio station. You get to do a lot of work with the kids in that, in that community. And, and we help build the Boys and Girls Club there and do a lot of, like, silent auctions and fundraisers and things like that. And yeah. that was the stuff that really made a difference to all the people where, where our hood, where we live. Right, right. I like that. Round number five, what are you least proud of? Least proud of? Oh, man. Maybe maybe some of the shiesty stuff I did after the club night was over. Oh, okay. With, with, with Mrs. Tampons? No. Oh, okay. No, with Mariah Carey oh. back in her meltdown yeah. days. Oh, no. When she didn't know what was what? You're like, yeah, I'm yeah. Luis Miguel. When she I'm, thought, I'm Luis Miguel. When no, she thought on. radio people were cool to date. Oh. Like, oh, let me get with hey, all these program directors. Dude. I'll get some good airplay. That's a beautiful That's a beautiful thing, though. That's a beautiful thing. Uh, round number <laughs> six. <laughs> all right. Round, I love these sound effects. Give me a random sound effect, fuck. Random sound effect? Random. Uh. All right. Okay. Uh, round number. Hey, you, yeah, you want a random. I get super random. Round number six. He's still uh, standing. What is your biggest fear biggest fear um man it's got to be failing always because mm. when you when you wake up and, and your mindset is just to win at everything you do you know that that's how you keep driving yourself and stay motivated is that fear of failure has to drive you every day right i like asking that question because some people will be like spiders <laughs> or heights no. and then some people go more internal Hell yeah. Failure. Uh, yeah. Ne- you know, not reaching my goals. Not So I like to see. Nah, the yeah, I mean, there was a time. There was a time um, when I was little in between Rialto and San Jose. And my family was struggling, man. We didn't have a roof over our head. Uh, I was sleeping in the back of a truck. Right, right. You know, and as a little kid, when all that was going on, I told myself, I'm going to work so hard. I'll work three jobs if I have to. I don't ever want to struggle like that. Right, right. Amazing. And that's that's what made you the man you are today. Hell the yeah. The struggle. Hell yeah. You yeah, it, it did, man. The struggle's good, man. It's always good. Yeah, put some hair on your chest. Yep. I mean, what do you... they say? Uh, when it feels like you're going through hell, keep going. Yep. Right? Yep. Round number seven. Who would you take a bullet for, Danny G? Oh, who would I take a bullet for? Man, that's a good one. I, my mom's. You take a bullet yeah, for Yeah, my mom kept everything together, you know, and and she was such an entrepreneur. Like, the way my family got up out of the problems that were going on, she started her own business, and I watched her, um, you know, do her DBA and uh, do her letterhead and her business cards and hire a little staff. And I watched my mom start her own business, run it successfully. And suddenly, uh, you know, it was kind of late because at this point I'm in high school now, but she bought a brand new house. And so she definitely took us from, a, you know, dilap- uh, you know, a dilap- what's the word? Dilap- a sh- yeah, because I was trying to say that because he told me I couldn't say <laughs> sh- <laughs> a sh- Apartment. Yeah, and um, you and still then, can't say it. You know, damn it. it. Yeah, really. And then, it. and then I watched her buy this nice house. Yeah, and and, and I saw that hard work in that that grind she put in, and I saw paid how off. it paid off. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Round number eight. Who would you let that bullet hit? Now, <laughs> I'm not saying Danny G shoots someone. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying right. you're out to the sky. But if there's a bullet flying uh, through the sky, 
eh, you're just not going to sweat it if dude gets it. Yeah. You know, you're not going to go out of your way to save him. Okay, I'm now I got to preface this by saying I'm not talking about iHeartRadio. Okay. They're my people. <laughs> uh But that's a good way to start it off. Oh, okay. And you know, I'll back it up like this then cuz he's he's the one who started it all. Yeah. President uh, former President Clinton. Okay. He signed off on a deregulation act with the FCC back in the late 90s and it's what started the monopoly in the in the whole business that basically screwed up broadcasting radio especially. Right. You know, and it's been a domino effect since. And everyone in broadcasting has been trying to recover ever since that happened. Yeah, but for me, it kind of worked out because it opened up for podcasts. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm kind of cool. Well, I think technology opened <laughs> right. up the podcast the, stores. The ability, the wanting, the same thing that happened with the hip-hop artists, yep. taking advantage of the internet, taking advantage of people being able to do things for yourself now, not needing a major thing behind you, that's kind of opened it up, right? It has. And, and the thing I like to see is the fact that, you know, we can hear random thoughts. Right. And sometimes random thoughts are the best thing you can listen to. They 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 work out great. They work out great. <laughs> We're down to the last three All rounds. Right. Let's I, start I, to I fit them make in. sure the answer is President Clinton. Yes. Okay. okay. Yeah, right. yeah, that's, yeah. Good. that's a good. bold one. Yeah. Past and future in case. Oh. No, I'm joking. <laughs> Round number 10, Danny G, do you yeah. believe in God? Yeah. What does that mean for Danny G quickly? What does that mean? Like, is that a, a being or is that kind of like a spiritual? Uh, yeah, it's more of a spiritual thing, but I but I know we have a higher power. I mean, there there was a night where I, I was on a drive to Portland and and it, it was like two in the morning and the sky lit up. Yeah. I thought, damn, is there a UFO up there? Yeah. And, uh, cousin and I pulled over. We look up. And we could see the Milky Way. Yo. What? Just, it cleared up just, that beautiful yeah. thing. Yeah. It's a and beautiful thing. When you see something like that. Yeah. It has you, to be more. You know evolution is nonsense. Round 11. What is your biggest insecurity? What are you most insecure about? Uh, the the fact that that a lot of folks say, man, you peaked so young. Uh -huh. You know what? What you gonna do now? Yeah. It's it's hard to follow up, and this goes for musicians too. Imagine having this hit record when you're a teenager, you know, and then how do you follow that up? Yeah, it's like being a child actor sometimes yeah. too. Like, you know, it could get awkward once you get in your adult years because. People are constantly looking back on what you did, and you're trying to push forward. Well, the thing about peaking is once you reach that peak, you can keep going. There's yeah. more than that. There's a second mountain yeah, to climb. Yeah, when you have to keep reinventing and a third yourself. Mountain to climb. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Last and final round, Danny uh -oh. Danny G. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. It's been an honor, brother. Man, I'm taking this belt. Let's see. <laughs> Last and final round, Danny G. Why? 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 For the love of hip, for the love of hip hop. For you know, for for everything it did for me, uh, like I mentioned, those hard times as a kid, you know what saved my life? My Walkman, mm. those cassette tapes, yeah. my turntable, um, that music. It took me to my own place, and it and it it, it took the edge off of things. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And so for the love of it, that's a beautiful thing, man. You're the champion, Danny yeah. G. Yeah. Uh, you know what I tell people? People tell me, you know, what, what is it about hip-hop? What is it about this? And a lot of people, you know, they tell me, like, you know, hip-hop saved my life. It did this. To me, hip-hop gave me a life. Mm -hmm. It gave me a purpose. It gave me a direction. It raised me. It, it, it disciplined me. It taught me when to do things. It, you know, I didn't have fathers missing. You know, no older brothers. All I had was... Rakim. All I had was Chino. Yeah. All I had was Ken. All these are... These, yeah, they're like your older brothers. And, I, and I've and i gotten so lucky to meet some of the people, 
you know? Yeah. And and I've always just told them how grateful I am to have had them. Because I don't know where I would have been without hip-hop, without music, without the radio, without being able to have some kind of guidance from someone, even though they were a thousand miles away, they were always there with me. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And hip-hop provides that, I think, for an entire generation. It gave a voice to so many of us. And it gave it, a voice to voiceless. An know? outlet. And yeah, sure. it gave us ears to listen to and, and, and being felt. When you see the downloads, when you see the plays, you're like, oh, someone's listening. Yeah. And that's, I think, the beautiful part and, of it, And right? everybody, the masses, they love things they could feel. Right. You could feel it, you know? Right. You could feel it in people's voices, in their eyes, in their soul. Yeah. And that's what, and that's the epitome of hip-hop. And that's the beauty of hip-hop. I love it. Danny G, you're more than welcome back whenever you like. Oh, I'll be here, man. Okay. And you, owe me, you owe me um, some money still from my Dookie Rope chain. <laughs> oh, okay. We'll, we'll make it happen. You know, we'll make it happen. Uh, do you know... Uh, Royalties, residuals from your show. <laughs> yeah, Missy Elliott has an email she's typing up right now with your name on it. Yeah. How it's, dare it's, you? It's whatupblood.com. <laughs> oh, no. Young Baca. What up, man? We D- DJ Kaboom taking us out. Kaboom. Oh, uh, Again, Wake the Flock Up and iHeartRadio special on America's yeah. Talk. Tune in, waketheflockup.net for the podcast. Un, unmarked, yep. unadulterated, just straight, straight, pure. Oh, un, get me on Twitter. Uncut. Yeah. It's at Danny G Radio. Danny G Radio. Yeah, at Wake the Flock up, up, Young Baca Productions. iHeartRadio. Baca in the house. Catch you guys next week. 714 Peace. to the 805. That's right, baby. You are now tuned into the Wake the Flock Up Network.